blessings to you this evening. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Thank you for tuning in live. I am going to ask you to please share, like, tag, go live, comment, and subscribe. I have a special guest for you today. My nephew, Pastor Keith Battle, a wonderful man of God, a preaching machine. I introduce to some, present to others, Pastor Keith Battle. Amen. God bless you. Um, God bless We God truly bless. thank you for this opportunity. Uh, we thank you for the great work that you are doing. I uh, just pray that you continue to do it, continue to encourage, to continue to exalt. And continue to just give God glory in the work that He He has called you to do. So we thank, thank you. you for this platform that you have given us to share God's word, to, to, to reach out and pray that something said to help someone else along the way. So as um, we're here, I just want to take a time to share a, a brief message about uh, just looking to God and changing our perception of who God is and. And once we can change our perception of who God is, then God can do some great things in our life. And it's not that God can't do it, but sometimes it's our faith that does not allow him to do it because our faith not in line. So uh, for those who may be with us, I am a Bible preacher and I do uh, believe in God's word. So if you have a Bible, if you like, just go along with us. Uh, I'll be coming out of 2 Kings chapter number 7, uh, 2 Kings chapter number 7. Uh, verses one through two. Uh, we're just going to share those two verses and maybe expound on some more verses, but just prove our point that if we can change our perception who God is, guess what? Tomorrow about this time, things can be different in our life. Tomorrow about this time, I believe things can be different in our life. So Second Kings 7, one through two, it says, then Elijah said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, in the gate of Samaria. Then a lord on whose hand the king leaned, answered and said to the man of God, Behold, if the Lord would make wonders in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thy eyes, but shall not eat thereof. So I just want to share tomorrow about this time, tomorrow about this time. Our perception of God determines their faith or our faith in God. So one's perception of God uh, determines their faith in God. If you have a small concept of God, it impairs your faith in him. So if your concept of God is just, he's just a man upstairs. He's just someone I visit uh, briefly on Sunday. So if that's your concept of God, it impairs your faith in him. Because the word said, whatsoever man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And your faith can believe that God can heal a cough, but not heal counsel. Your faith can believe that God can pay a bill, but not make you a billionaire. Your faith can believe that God can uh, give you a place to live, but not a luxurious life. One's perception of God dictates their belief in who he is and what he can do. One perception of God dictates who he is and what he can do. We must get to the point in our lives that we believe that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or even think. We can't keep limiting God by our limited thinking 
of who he is and what we can do, what he can do. Because a lot of times we limit God because of our limited or our infinite mind on who he is or what he can do. It is faith that connects us to God. It's faith that connects us to God. Faith connects us uh, to God by the word of God. Because the word of God says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I need to increase my faith, I don't, I don't just, I don't pray for God to give me more faith. But if I want my faith to be increased, I must hear the word, I must believe the word, and I must stand on the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I must hear the word, must believe the word, and not only hear it and believe it, but also, also must stand on God's word. Faith connects us to the spiritual world. Faith connects us to God, just as our senses connect us to the natural world. Faith connects us to God. It connects us to the spiritual world, just as our senses connect us to the natural world. My hearing, my seeing, my touching, my tasting, my smelling connects me to believe what is happening in the natural realm because I can see it, because I can hear it, because I can taste it, because I can touch it. Then I, by that, I know what is going on in the natural world. But my faith connects me to what's happening in the spiritual world. Even if I can't touch it, even if I can't taste it, even if I can't smell it, if God, even if I can't see it, but just because God said it, then I can believe it. So if you take away my a, a, a sensual perception, then you alleviate my connection of operating in the natural world. So if you you take away my sensual perception, you alleviate my being able to operate in the natural world. Just like if I have no faith, I cannot operate in the spiritual world. If I have no faith, I cannot operate in the spiritual world because the word say uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He who comes to God must first believe that he is, and he is a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. So if we're going to have a movement, if we're going to have a shaking, if we're going to uh, expect God to do something uh, great in our life, we must increase our faith on who he is, believe him, and act on what he says. If we want something supernatural, we want something special, we want something uh, for God to supernaturally bless us, we must increase our faith, believe, and act on what he says. If he, he's, if he says he's going to do something, or he says he's going to give us something, we must learn how to just get ready, ready and stop trying to figure it out. But a lot of times we're stuck because we're trying to figure it out. So if God is saying tomorrow about this time, we just have to believe it, that God's going to do it, and it is going to come to pass. So if God is speaking to us and say, tomorrow about this time, we must just believe that God's going to do it, don't know how he's going to do it, may can't figure it out, but just believe that he's going to do it. So God is saying in a sense, of, I'm not just saying these words to say, okay, he's trying to be a prophet, he's speaking something, and, and someone's uh, situation don't change tomorrow, and then they saying, I'm a false prophet. Not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is 
it's up to us to change our perception of God, to increase our faith. And once we change our perception of who God is, guess what? Then things can change in our life. But once we continue to have a limited perception that God is just a small being that just mad with the world and just want to judge the world instead of believing he's a loving God who wants to bless us, who wants to deliver us, who want to bring us out, who want to save us. And once we get that perception of who he is, there's no limit what God can do. And in this text, we have a man that heard a word from the Lord and sarcastically mocked the word that he heard. It's a man we have in this text in this second Samuel uh, chapter number seven, verse number one through two. He heard a word from the Lord, but instead of believing, he sarcastically mocked what God had said. And because of his unbelief or because of his disbelief, he missed out on the benefit of God's word. A lot of times we are missing out on what God want to do in our life because we're operating in disbelief. So we got to look at the background, the setting at this time. Israel was going through a famine. They was in a severe famine. And this famine was brought about because of their idolatry. Because of their idolatry, God allowed a severe famine to come in the land. So he was punishing them by allowing them to go through this famine. But now God was getting ready to use Elijah to declare that the famine was about to be over. He was about to use Elijah to declare that the famine was about to be over. And he, I, I just want to pause and just declare over somebody's life that the famine is about to be over. Because in first, look what he said in, in that first verse, that first verse, he said, then Elijah said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord, tomorrow about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. And that's good news. That's good news to hear that the famine is about to be over. And some of us can say, well, I'm not scarce in food. I have enough food. But some of us are not in a famine of food. But some of us is in a famine of having no power. Some of us are in a famine of having no anointing. Some of us are in a famine because we don't have no spirituality. Some of us are in a, fa a, a, a famine because we're scarce in our finances. We're scarce in our belief. We're scarce in our relationship with God. But I'm here to say tomorrow about this time, your famine could, can be over. That's why tomorrow about this time, you've got to speak of yourself, say, I'm going to be walking in a new hope. I'm going to be walking in a new belief. I am going to be walking in a new anointing. I am going to be walking in a new perception of who God is. So tomorrow about this time, I'm declaring that my famine is over. That's what I'm lacking in life. That's what I am lacking in my relationship, God. That's what I am lacking in drawing closer to him. I am declaring it's over in my life. So here we have a captain of the king's army who answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord will open up a window in heaven, might this thing be? And he said to him, You're going to see it, but you're not going to be able to benefit. And the truth of the matter, a lot of us are seeing people get blessed and are seeing blessings around us, 
but does not do not realize that they you just don't know their perception of God. You don't know their belief in God. Just because you're seeing what they are doing or what they're getting, you got to check yourself and not check and try to uh, measure up to what they're doing. Because really, it just may be their relationship with God. So this captain of his army, he had a limited view of who God was and what God could do. His view was limited on who God was and who God could do. If he did not, if he really knew who God was, he really would have believed that God really could open up a window for heaven and pull him out a blessing. And so this man missed out on his deliverance and his blessing of God all because he had a limited view of who God was. And don't fall in that category. Don't fall in that category. It's time now that we get to know God better. It's time now that we got to know his will, his ways. We got to get our faith increased. We got to get to the point where if God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. We must get to the point that we are missing out or we leaving blessings untapped because our view of God is limited. We believe God can do the small things, but do not believe God can do the big things. But after God pronounced to the king that the famine is about to be over, after God announced that things are about to change, after God pronounced about tomorrow, about this time, things are going to be different. Guess what? God put his plan in motion. Oh, some of us just prophesied with themselves. God got a plan for my life. God, God has a plan for my life. God is about to turn my tomorrow around. My tomorrow is going to be better than my yesterday. So God began to put a plan in motion. God, don't you know God already has a plan in place for your life? But it's up to you to believe it. But let's look at some key things. And we're going to uh, hope this change and, and, and change your perception of God. First of all, we realize God used, first of all, God used unlikely people. God used unlikely people. Uh, look at verse number three. Verse number three says, and there were four lepers who was uh, men sitting at the end of the gate, and they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? So four men sitting at the gate, and ask the question, why are we just sitting here until we die? So God had announced tomorrow about this time food was going to be in the land. God could have easily called some farmers and allowed them to have a supernatural harvest. God could have uh, sent a military out and allowed them to go fight for food. A God himself, as he did before, could have rained down food from heaven. But no, God was about to use some unlikely people that would no one would imagine that could help them in that situation. They were lepers. They were isolated. They were looked down on. They were considered unclean. But God was going to use them to bring a change in the land. And God is in no doubt is about to turn it around and he's about to use some unlikely people. And a lot of times we're looking for people in the church to do it, but sometimes it's not about the religious people. It's about God can use your enemy to bless you. God used Judas to fulfill the plan of God by allowing him to betray Jesus. 
Don't you know God can use some unlikely people in your life? God can use the low-down co-worker. He can use the low-down supervisor. He can use the family member that you're not getting along with. God can use unlikely people in your life to bless you. But not only that, the shout part is God can use unlikely people, those who are looked down on, those who are isolated, those who felt like uh, they are not worthy or they don't amount up. God can bless unlikely people. And you may feel like you're just unlikely for God's blessing. You may feel like you're not good enough. You may not feel like you're worthy. Guess what? You're in a good position for God to bless you because God can use unlikely people. God used a harlot or prostitute by the name of Rahab to hide the men of Israel, to help them conquer the land. God used a centurion, a Roman centurion soldier to show us what amazing faith looked like. God blessed a woman who did not have much, a Phoenician woman, a woman who just wanted the crumbs from the table. God blessed her. God used a woman who had an issue with blood to use an unusual measure, did not supposed to be in the crowd, but came in the crowd, touches the hem of his garment. God uses unlikely people, and also God blesses unlikely people. Not only that, God uses uh, God used unlikely people, but God also used unflattering options. He used unflattering options. Look at chapter verse number three and four. Verse number three and four. And there were four leprous men that at the end of the gate that said one to another, Why sit here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, there's a family in the city. If we shall die there, if we sit here, we're gonna also die. Therefore, let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. But if they kill us, we shall but die. Now, look at the unflattering options they had. They could sit there and die. They can go in the famine, into the uh, city where there was a famine, and they could die. They said, we can go into the enemy camp and 50-50 chance. They can save us or kill us. So they had some unflattering options. But these lepers said, we're going to do something. The options may be slim. The options may be unflattering. But why just sit here and die? And that's how we got to realize sometimes you got to make up in your mind, I'm just not going to sit here and not do nothing. If I'm going out, I'm going to go out with a fight. If I go out, I'm going out doing something. And here it is. God sometimes put us in uncomfortable situations to get us what he had for our life. Sometimes the options will be unflattering, but don't get so hung up on the options. Just lean and trust on God. God will move in things that will have you wondering, can he really make it happen? God will use in ways that you don't realize that God can bless you in areas in your life that you thought may have never been an option. So you must just be willing to do something. Don't just sit there doing nothing because if you sit there doing nothing, you will not get nowhere. But just sitting there is not getting you anywhere. You got to learn to make up in your mind the options may not be flattering. But guess what? I'm not just going to sit here and do nothing. That was a Southern rap group group by the name of Outcast. And they had a song with the verses, I'm going to get up, get out, and get something. How I'm going to make it if I never even try. 
I got to get up, get out and get something because you and I got to do for you and I. So God use unlikely people. God use unflattering options, but also God use unorthodox ways. Some unorthodox ways. Look at verse 5 through 7. Look at verse 5 through 7. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they would come to the uttermost part of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots, of horses, the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, the king of Israel have hired against us the kings of the Hittites, the king of the Egyptians, to come upon us. Wherefore, they arose and they fled in the twilight and left their tents, their horses, their donkeys, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. Now, here it is. The unlikely people God used were the uh, 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 lepers. The unflattering option that they had, they felt like the, 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 the people of Israel already had rejected us, and they're in a famine anyway. But sitting here, we, we're not going to get nothing. We'll die here. But at least we can go into the uh, uh, enemy camp. And the enemy, I told you, God will use unlikely people to bless you. And perhaps the enemy will save us uh, uh, or perhaps uh, they may kill us. But the unorthodox uh, 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 way that God used, he allowed the enemy to hear noise. And when they heard the noise, they felt like the armies was coming against them. But all it was was God making a way for the four lepers to go in to get their blessing. And let me go and help you. God is not confined to our perception on how we, we think he ought to do it. We may have a perception on how we think God ought to do it, but God will bless you in so many ways that you thought God could, should do it this way or that way. You trying to figure out in your finite mind how God ought to bless you. But God will use an unorthodox way to bless you. But he does it in ways that will leave you uh, amazed. Uh, uh, God does things a, a lot like leading uh, 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 people to a Red Sea with an army behind them, with no way to cross. But yet God will use an unorthodox way to get them across by allowing the man to lead them to stretch out his rod and part the Red Sea. God will do things like uh, tell you to march around a wall seven days, and on the seventh day, march around it seven times, and the wall will fall down. God tell uh, uh, ways of like the leopard Naaman, who had leopard, told him to go and wash an old mud, muddy Jordan River. God, Jesus, took man uh, that was blind and spit in the clay and rubbed the clay on the God can use some unorthodox ways to bless you. Stop limiting how God should bless you. Listen, and sometimes we have to use some unorthodox ways. We got to realize sometimes it's ways that we may think that God want to work, that we so settled or we so complacent or we so religious. We got to be like the men, the four men who had a friend that was paralyzed and they couldn't get into Jesus because of the crowd, but they tore the roof out the house and let the man down to Jesus. Unorthodox way. Sometimes we got to be unorthodox in our praise and our worship. We can't get too familiar on how we ought to praise God or how we ought to just lift God up. Sometimes we got to realize God will use some ways to bless us that we don't understand. So just hear me out. God will use, he'll use unlikely people. God will bless unlikely people. 
Not only that, God used unflattering options. Your option may be slim. Your option may be few. But guess what? Get up and do something. Not only that, God used unorthodox ways. Stop trying to box God in on how you think God ought to do it. God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or we can think. And that's why we're just saying tomorrow about this time or more about this time. It's going to be different because I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm just going to trust God and let God wreck it out. And I'm not here trying to give you a false prophecy. But what I'm saying is change your perception on who God is. We have limited God too long. God is bigger than what we think he is. He's bigger than just um, the man upstairs. He's bigger than somebody that can give you a house or a car. He's bigger than that. And once we take the limit of God, there's no limit to what God can do in our life. This man missed out on his blessing. And he missed out on his blessing because he sarcastically said, what, who God think he's going to open up a window? He was sarcastic when the man of God told him tomorrow about his time. And the story goes on to be like they, they, the, the lepers called the other people in and say, listen, these, these people have left us with all these blessings. We don't do right by taking it upon ourselves. Come on in and get you some blessing. They went in and they got to be blessed. But when the people went in to get the blessing, they trampled the captain of the army. He seen the blessing, but he died before he got the blessing. You got to realize that God has something available. Don't get trampled on because you're too stubborn to believe that God is bigger than any situation that you're going through, that God can do above what you're thinking. Change your perception of God. And I believe if you change your perception of God tomorrow about this time, God can turn your situation around tomorrow about this time, that thing that you're waiting on, that thing that you're uh, seeking God for, that healing that you believe in God for, that financial breakthrough that you need from God, that deliverance that you need over your family life. I believe if you change your perception, you take God out of that box, God can do what you desire for him to do. Just, just prophesy yourself. Say, listen, God, I'm going to change my perception. You can't keep doing the same old thing expecting the same old results. It may be unflattering to turn your TV off to get in your word. It may be unflattering that now you got to get up on Sunday and, and get into God's uh, service some kind of way. I know it's, it's flattering to get up and sleep late on Sunday and watch football, but sometimes the unflattering option is get up, turn the TV off, get into his word. Maybe unflattering to, to miss out on this and just go into your secret closet and pray. Maybe unflattering, but guess what? It may be the thing that change your life that you can receive your blessing tomorrow about this time. Change your perception of God. Change your perception. Do more. Seek him more. Don't limit him in your narrow view of who he is. If you believe he can heal a cough, believe he can heal cancer. If you believe he can pay a bill, believe he can make you a billionaire. If you believe he can uh, give you a, 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 a house, believe he can make you an entrepreneur. Change your perspective of God, and God can do great things in your life. Amen. Pray something said to help you along the way. Pray something that changed your life, because tomorrow about this time, 
I'm thinking bigger about my God and I'm believing bigger that God's going to do in my life. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Pastor Battle, what a powerful word. Tomorrow about this time. Glory to God. Tomorrow about this time. Thank you so much for blessing the show. And I know that so many people have been blessed by this word slash teaching. And I would like to thank those that are watching live. I want to thank the ones that will be watching the replay. Join us next week. I have Deidre Moody coming back. We will be doing a round table discussing with survivors of cancer, giving their individual testimony. Amen. If you know anyone battling cancer, survived cancer, or even a cancer caretaker, please, please, please invite them to join us next Monday. Thank you. Amen. God bless. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.